Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Becoming with the April's Goddess. My name is Samantha and I'm your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. And guys, if you haven't listened to the previous three episodes um, of this podcast, I urge you to do so because today's episode will not make sense until you've listened to those three because we are currently in a series and this is week four of uh, reviewing the miracle of the scarlet thread by dr richard booker so please listen to those before you listen to this one because you need to get all of this the way it is um and thank you so much guys for tuning in please share this with as many people as you can and i hope it helps you in your journey of becoming the best version of yourselves so let's get right into this week's episode so last week we learned about um what um father Abraham believed and we learned about how he entered into covenant with God and what he believed and how we are called to believe exactly what um, Abraham believed in our Christian journey and this uh, this week we are just going to take um, this review a step further so we are reviewing chapter 4 and chapter 4 is titled the tabernacle okay so um if you've read um the story of the israelites from the time they left egypt to the time they went into the promised land i think uh you've come across this part in exodus where they get to build a tabernacle for god and so this is all we are going to be doing in this week's episode we're going to see how uh, that is connected to the new testament so um we learned that uh, God reconfirmed his covenant with uh, with Abraham, um, promising to uh, come to earth and cut covenant through a seed, which is singular, of Abraham. And that uh, during this time when God gave um, Abraham these promises, he told Abraham that his descendants would be in bondage for 400 years. So that's the whole part in Egypt when they were in um in, in, in captivity when there were slaves in Egypt and so um, at this point God was already in covenant with the Israelites through Abraham which he also confirmed with Jacob and also with Isaac so um, so at this point the, the children of Israel are already in covenant with God and so God had to remember um, the covenant and so this is recorded in Exodus 2 to 3 and at this point in, in Exodus it tells us that in the course of this many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned under their bondage and cried out for help and their cry under bondage came to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And so uh, God after remembering covenant appears to Moses. You've heard the story of the uh, of the burning bush. If you haven't, well, this is where uh, God appeared to Moses through a burning bush and spoke to him and gave him uh, instructions of how to uh, tell Pharaoh to let his people go. Literally, those were the words. Let uh, the people go. And so through all these, uh, through all this, the Israelites leave Egypt. Okay, with uh, Moses guiding them. So this was God honoring His covenant with Abraham. Okay, and so with a great show of power, He delivers this nation uh, over several million. There were a lot of them, and um, at the final escape. Uh, he parted the Red Sea for them and the Hebrews um, passed through. So Hebrews, Israelites, same thing. Okay, they're all the children of Abraham. And so um, 
but along the way you know in their new land uh god realizes that abraham's descendant don't really understand who they are in covenant with so abraham is the one who entered this covenant and then later isaac and then finally jacob his children were in him and so initially they were in the covenant but they didn't enter in it uh individually so in short they didn't know who they were in covenant with okay and so at this point um god notices that they are sinful okay and he is holy so and they don't realize this they don't realize how sinful they are and they don't realize how holy he is and 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 so god has to have sort of like a calling card he has to bring them to um he has to bring to their attention who he is and so uh while they are on their journey god speaks to them and he says you know what just pause here for a minute just for a while at the foot of this mountain and let me introduce myself so um exodus 19:17 to 18 reads then moses led the people out of the camp to meet god and they stood at the base of the mountain all of the all of mount sinai was smoking because the lord came down upon it in fire its smokes went up like a smoke of a furnace and a whole mountain quake and the whole mountain quaked severely so now okay have you noticed that um god usually showed himself in this form of this fire you know because when when he appeared to moses he appeared in a fire even when he passed through uh the 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 pieces of flesh when entering covenant with abraham remember it was it looked like a furnace even now he comes um he comes as a fire and so you notice that moses describes the covenant keeping god in the same way abraham did a smoking furnace okay so that's how he came so god needed some way to introduce himself some kind of calling card so um so that the children of israel can get to know him and his character and just know what he really is like okay so that they understand who they are entering into covenant with so he gives them the 10 commandments and these commandments um obviously you know them there's the thou shall not kill thou shall have uh, thou shall have no other gods but before me uh thou shall um not bow to any uh, graven image thou shall not uh, take the name of the lord your god in vain uh, remember the sabbath and keep it holy honor your father and your mother um do not commit adultery do not steal do not bear false, uh, false witness against your neighbor do not covet anything that is of your neighbors okay so he gives them this commandments this is after he's introduced himself to them and then he gives them the commandments okay and um this is their covenant partner so now they meet their covenant partner and of course god never expected the hebrews to keep this commandment you know and he knew they couldn't because they had the sinful nature within them which is what we all have okay so the commandments were to be a mirror for the people to see how holy he is and how sinful they are so what i'm saying is everything that is on those commandments god can uphold okay he can uphold everything that is on those commandments we on the other hand cannot and so this shows us to say he is holy he is righteous we are not okay so this is all that god wanted them to understand and then um he knew that they will fall short okay he 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 knew because they had that sinful nature in them so 
all he wanted was when the people see who he really is they'll fall down before him in worship praise him and give thanks for his great grace and mercy to enter covenant um to enter and enter into covenant with him and so um along with giving giving them the the 10 commandments he also makes another uh more more of additional directions like more of additional instructions and he instructs them to build a tabernacle okay so this is a system an elaborate system of sacrifices so he's trying to establish the elaborate system of sacrifices and this is where he reconfirms covenant okay so we know that there has to be a payment for sin so he gives them the commandment he gives them the law and then he makes room for when they fail of or when they fall short of his glory which is always if we're being honest so even though he gives them the commandments he also gives them a system of sacrifices to pay for um their sin and so uh this they receive these instructions and after receiving this instruction Moses builds an altar and offers a sacrifice to God okay so he he took the blood of the sacrifice animal and splashed it against the altar and then uh, after that um he publicly read the 10 commandments and the laws before the nation and he threw blood towards the people themselves to cover them with the blood and in the same manner he sprinkled blood over the covenant containing the 10 commandments and the laws okay so uh later he was supposed to sprinkle blood on the tabernacle itself so you see God never intended for the Hebrews to approach him by trying to keep the 10 commandments. That wasn't the plan, okay? So the plan was to come to God through the sacrifice, okay? So the 10 commandments cannot offer the blood evidence of a life given. So God intended the Hebrews to approach him the way he had always intended, through a blood sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. And that's his provision his only provision so we've already covered the basis that where they sin they supposed to be a sacrifice and that is a life okay for the wages of sin is death and so um the 10 commandments were never a way to approach god it's not like if you fulfill everything on the 10 commandments then you can approach god no it was that if you fail to approach me you have to make the sacrifice okay so um The Hebrew word for law is the Torah and this word simply means teaching or instruction. So the God's 10 commandments and laws were instructions to the Hebrews on how to approach him. So you see God had in mind that when the Hebrews heard the 10 commandments, he would run as fast as he could to the tabernacle to kill a lamb and offer the blood in his place as a substitute sin offering to a holy god so you hear the commandment and you know to say okay i have i mean i just coveted what my neighbor has or ish i just committed adultery or i just killed somebody or you know i sinned in a way so because of this i have felt good somewhere and now i have to make a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin and so that was just what the the the, the role of the 10 commandments was and um so dr richard brooker goes to tell us that christian ministers usually teach that in the old testament the jews were saved by the law 
but that has been replaced by grace and mercy in the new testament but that is just not true everyone who has ever approached god had to do so in faith in the grace and mercy of god provided by the blood of the innocent substitutionary sacrifice in their of their for their sins so when you go to make a sacrifice we'll see this as we go on you had to believe that that animal has died in your place that required you to have faith okay and you're having faith in what in the fact that god is gracious and merciful and he will accept your sacrifice and forgive you of your sins so the law had nothing to do with god's mercy it's not that mercy god has only become merciful in the new testament no god has always been merciful he's always been gracious and the only way to approach him was through faith in his grace and mercy okay so the law had nothing to do with being saved back then it was still grace and mercy same grace and mercy that you and i experience here today because we're the ones living in the new testament ended um so in the old um uh, testament uh in in colossians 2:17 and hebrews 10:1 uh, um the bible tells us that uh, god established this way to approach him as shadows of the real tabernacle the real sacrifice and the real high priest who would come um who would come later so i'm sure we've already established the fact that the old testament was just a picture of what will happen when jesus comes so all this was to paint a picture so that when jesus comes on the scene we will not miss him okay and so even the tabernacle building of the tabernacle all that was to paint the picture of jesus so um what god established in the old covenant was temporary it was prelimin it was a preliminary system pointing the hebrew in the direction of the new covenant so that they would recognize the seed of abram so now here when we say seed of abram we're referring to jesus christ when he came onto the scene so in this chapter we're going to learn how the tabernacle pointed uh, the hebrew in that direction So the earthly tabernacle symbolically represents and points to the real tabernacle who is Jesus our Lord. I mean we all know that he's literally the tabernacle. Yeah, as long as you're a church follower or a, a Jesus follower. So God gave the tabernacle and the details of its constructions to portray in a temporary way. And if you've read Exodus, these instructions were direct. He literally gave measurements of how to build it, okay? Like he said it the way he wanted it to be exactly. Okay? And so um it says God gave the tabernacle and the details of its constructions to portray in a temporary way what he would one day do permanently through Jesus. So now we're going to discover that the tabernacle is a visible picture or model showing us how to come to God through Jesus from the foundations of the world there's only been one way and Jesus is that way. So you can only come to Jesus to God through Jesus and it has always been like that. It it didn't become like that after Jesus came to earth. No, it had been like that from the foundations of the earth. But God had to paint this picture before the real thing came so that we wouldn't miss it. Okay? And so um the Old Testament starting I think from Exodus 25 going all the way down is instructions on how to build the tabernacle on how to ordain the priests and everything. I think you need to read that because it helps you with 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 all this. So the earthly tabernacle um this is a really lengthy reading and so 
I'll keep on saying this. I, you should read this book or you should read it in Exodus with uh, the bit of snippets that I'm giving you now. They'll, they'll, they'll really bring a lot of things into perspective. So the earthly tabernacle had this side, this, 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 this components, okay? So I will not read them in detail. I will just point them out and then I will, um, I will put them into perspective through Jesus Christ. I hope that makes sense. So the, it had the campsite. Uh, you can find the story about this in Numbers 2, uh, 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 chapters 2 to 3. And then it had the courtyard. This is in Exodus. Most of this is in the book of Exodus, by the way, starting from 25 to 40. But uh, the courtyard part is in Exodus 27, verse 9. And then there was the coverings of the tabernacle. And it had two coverings. This is in Exodus 26. And then there was the entrance gate, which is in Exodus 27. And there was the brazen altar, which is in Exodus 27 as well. And then there was the brazen lava, which is in Exodus 30. And then there was the holy place, which is in Exodus 25. And also um, Exodus 37. And then there was the golden candlestick, which is in Exodus 25. And then there was the table of Schubert, which is in Exodus 25 and also in Exodus 37. And then there was the altar of essence, which is in Exodus 37. And then there was the Holy of Holies, um, which was separated by a veil. We know that this is the veil that broke the day Jesus was uh, crucified. You can find um, this story in Exodus as well. And then there was the Ark of the Covenant, which is in Exodus 25. And then... Um, yeah, so those were, the, those were the, the components of the earthly tabernacle, okay? So they all had a part that they played, and we will see this as we compare it to Jesus being our heavenly tabernacle. So in the new, in the new covenant, now this is talking about Jesus. So the, cap, the campsite. So the campsite um, had flags for each tribe. And this points us to the real banner of God. So Jesus is our Lord as he is portrayed in the four Gospels. So in Matthew, Jesus is uh, presented as the king of the Jews, also called the lion of the tribe of Judah. In Mark, he is the suffering servant, which is the ox. In Luke, he is the son of man. And in John, Jesus is revealed as the son of God, which is uh, the greatest heavenly being. So as the son of God, Jesus represents God to man. And as the son of man, he represents man to God. So like the Levite, he stands between God and the man, sh and man shielding man from judgment of God by his blood. So the Levites were the priests, the high priests, okay? So they were the representative of the people to God and the representative of God to the people. So that's what Jesus becomes, okay? He's our banner. He represents us to God and he represents God to us and he shields us from God's wrath because he covers us with the blood that was shed on the cross, okay? And then there's the, the coverings. Um, that's the second part. So John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And John continues with, the statement, with this statement in verse 14 and says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the word that became flesh and dwelt among us is Jesus of, Naz of Nazareth. Okay, and the Greek word, the Greek word for dwelt, 
is skinon and it means to encamp okay to occupy or reside or indwell or tabernacle so god would tabernacle among us in human in the human person of jesus so in him dwelled all fullness of the godhead bodily okay so god's glory had dwelled in the holy of holies in the earthly tabernacle okay that's where they would meet god in the holy of holies of the earthly tabernacle and that was that temple was made with hands now it was to dwell in the flesh of jesus the heavenly tabernacle so jesus was the heavenly tabernacle and him he was made obviously he wasn't made by human hands so that's the tabernacle made without hands so jesus was made without hands in that he was begotten of god not man okay remember the seed he was born on the of the seed of woman but not the seed of man okay so he was begotten of god he was born of a virgin so it was his body that god prepared for himself not made by human hands okay so this is where god dwelled he tabernacled among us because the spirit of god or god himself dwelled in him so john beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father so paul writes in second corinthians that the glory of god shines in the face of jesus and paul even referred to jesus as the lord of glory okay so um but uh like the badger's skin veiled god's glory in the earthly tabernacle it was also veiled in jesus so to the passerby there was nothing exciting about this carpenter from nazareth okay jesus is a carpenter because his father was a carpenter so as he grew up he was also a carpenter and everything so there was nothing exciting about him even the the tabernacle the earthly tabernacle there was really nothing exciting about it even when jesus walked on this earth he wasn't fancy you know so um he looked just like everybody else the casual observer standing on and outside wouldn't know that the lord of glory was dwelling among them okay and but as the ram skin had been dyed red the blood of god flowed underneath so when they made the coverings outside they dyed it um they 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 dyed it um it it was plain on the outside it was it was brown but inside they dyed it red okay so what what the outside i would see is the brown part but when you go inside you see the red and so the way it was dyed red inside that was the blood of god uh flowing underneath the outer shell of jesus's body so inside jesus was where the glory was but on the outside he was covered in what what would all perceive as just anything else like he was just like anybody else okay and so it was to be the substitutionary blood to take away the sins of all who would enter into covenant with him he was that seed of abraham okay and so um it's the same as we christians uh there's nothing exciting about being christian to the outsider in all honesty it appears to be an attractive and a dull and boring life i mean there's always people asking who wants to be a christian uh you know like why you gotta be boring you know because they think we're boring and all that but they don't know that all of the riches of god's inheritance do well in his people 
okay? And you can find proof of this in Ephesians 1.11. And the only way you can find this out is you coming into the perfect tabernacle of God yourself, okay? So when you enter, when you become, or when you come into him, that's when you experience the glory of God, okay? So the next part of um, the earthly tabernacle was the gate. Uh, So the gate was on the eastern side in the earthly tabernacle and uh that's where the tribe of judah camped the tribe of judah camped uh in front of the gate so uh the flag of the lion of of the tribe of judah was the lion okay that's why it's lion of the tribe of judah and 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 it was gold in a field of scarlet okay so the, the flag had a lion on it and a field of scarlet and um when you when you speak of the temple that was later uh, constructed the prophet ezekiel says and the glory of of the lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is towards the east this is in ezekiel 43 and verse 4 so the hebrew had to come through this gate to get to god so there was no other way so um jesus is from the lineage of the tribe of judah okay and so the gold represents the deity the lion is the king that reigns supreme obviously it's a lion uh, and yet it is covered by a food of scarlet which is blood and in Revel- in revelations uh, 5 verse 5 it says jesus is the lion from the tribe of judah the tribe of judah its flag and the eastern gate all point the hebrew to jesus who is say, who said i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so they're entering through the eastern gate where the, the where the the, the tribe of, of of judah um comes so jesus is from that tribe so that is the way for you to enter the tabernacle you have to go through um the 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 camp of 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 judah so you have to go through jesus to come to god okay because you're going to the tabernacle you're going to god and so then there's the altar so for for the believer the courtyard represents the place of salvation so the brazen altar is the cross of jesus this is where the new covenant was cut on the cross okay so as the blood was poured out at the base of the altar the blood of jesus was poured out at the foot of the cross so he gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to god for as for a sweet smelling uh savor so we're going to look at the sacrifices in detail in the next chapter but jesus was the perfect sacrifice okay and so yeah his blood spelt on the altar okay which is what they used to do even in those sacrifices they would spill blood on the altar before you you know before you 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 enter into um the tabernacle before the priest enters to intercede for you into inside the tabernacle okay so um we know that jesus knew no sin and so uh he was righteous and he was the, the perfect sacrifice and then there is the lover this is um so the, we know that the altar points to the death of Jesus, but the lover points to his to his life coming into us through the Holy Spirit. So um, the 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 lover is just how he comes into us through the Holy Spirit. Okay. So one night, a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus came to Jesus and inquired of him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. 
for no man can do these miracles that thou that doest except God be within him this is in John 3 2 this is a King James version so my thou thou yeah so Jesus replied verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God how do you get born again okay this is where the holy spirit comes into you so um nicodemus didn't understand that what jesus meant so he asked how can a man be born again when he is old can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born and jesus replied verily verily i say unto you except a man be born of water and the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit marvel not that i said unto thee ye must be born again so um later jesus met a samaritan woman at a jacob's well uh, pointing to uh, to the well he told her everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water i give him will never thirst indeed the water i give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to everlasting life so again um at the feast of tabernacles when water from the pool of Siloam was being poured onto the basin of the foot of the altar, Jesus stood and proclaimed, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If who, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, um, the water represents the Holy Spirit, okay? So, when this Holy Spirit comes out of you, you will have rivers of living water flowing out of you. So, that's what happens at, at the lover. And so, now, Dr. Booker says in his book, his blood is enough. So, when we accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord, his blood cleanses us from all our sins past present and future and his righteousness is imputed or counted to us so you can see this in romans 4 and second corinthians 5 so christians are people who have been given supernatural faith by the holy spirit to believe in their own human spirit not head that jesus died for their sins okay so it's the holy spirit that convicts you of this truth the Holy Spirit in you is what will convict you of this truth. Okay? So when people receive that faith from God and claim Jesus as their personal Savior, confessing with their mouth that what they already believe in their spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to live into them. So he convicts you. And once you accept it and you proclaim it, he comes to live inside you. And now he becomes your forever friend. You're ever with him, you know? Like he's, he lives inside you. you become the temple of god so when a person believes he enters into a blood covenant with god through the lord jesus the blood covenant is an everlasting covenant and staying in covenant depends on god's grace and mercy not our good works of course this assumes um Of course, this assumes we were truly in covenant in the first place as manifested by the fruit of the Spirit. This is sometimes hard for us to understand because our modern salvation experience often falls short of a blood covenant commitment. If we're truly a born-again believer, it will be evidenced by Holy Spirit-inspired works of covenantal love manifested in our lives. So remember I did... um, 
I, uh, I did um, I did an episode where we talked about the Holy Spirit and we say that when the Holy Spirit lives within you there will be evidence of that okay so if you're a believer there's going to be evidence of that through your works you don't have to scream every day that I believe in God but if the Holy Spirit is within you and he is in control there will be evidence of that okay and so this is what we're being told here the inspired works of covenantal love not <coughs> sorry guys not out of duty not out of religion but out of covenantal love out of your love for god your works will show that indeed you have christ within you so even though we may often fail god in our attitudes and actions our love for god motivates us to want to please him and his love for us offers forgiveness okay so uh i've been i was doing a bible plan that was talking about obedience and and um there was one day when they said uh we um supposed to be out we're supposed to obey god out of love and not out of fear okay so it is your love for him that pushes you to want to please him and so you obey his commandment not because you're scared of him or anything not out of religion but out of that relationship i i I remember making this statement once in one of the episodes when you're in relationship with somebody you want to do anything and everything to make sure they're okay isn't it and to make sure they're happy with you and they're pleased and 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 you're both in good terms at all times and so that's the same with god being in relationship with him means you want to do everything to please him same way he does everything to well make sure you're okay not to please you but to make sure you're okay so um a biblical blood covenant is much more than simply an agreement to be friends it's a commitment of our life to another person in this instance jesus our lord so this relationship is not the same as the casual western once saved always saved salvation that is often uh, very shallow and based on emotions rather than commitment of course we can walk away from this relationship and turn our back on god but if we truly want god in our lives we have to we have a sacred blood covenant relationship that god himself guarantees while our spirit is saved when we are born again our soul is constantly being saved as the holy spirit redeems our mind emotions and will so theologically speaking we were saved in our spirit past we are being saved in our soul present and we will be saved in our body future and he says hallelujah after that so christianity is not a religion it is a relationship with with our almighty god through his son the holy spirit joins us in a spiritual union with god and confirms this to our heart he is in us and we are in him okay so christianity is not a religion it is a relationship okay so yes all these uh rituals um mean it's might point to it being religion but if we don't understand these rituals and why we do them uh then there's no point it's the same as just doing it for duty but if you understand your relationship with god and you understand that it's a relationship you will understand why these rituals are done and why they're important and you will not do them out of religion or duty but you will do them out of relationship okay so it's fellowship and not fathership although the blood covenant position of a true believer with god cannot be broken our fellowship with him can 
So as we walk in the world ministering as a priest of God, we get dirty spiritually. We sin, okay? And constantly, we all sin, by the way. All of us, doesn't matter who you are, you sin. So it's this sin that breaks our fellowship with God. So instead of going back to the altar to be born again and again and again and again, every time you sin, it's not like you have to, you know, like start. At this point, we go to... um we go to to the lava to the to the lava and and when we go there we are to be washed all over again so we only have to um we don't have to be washed all over again we only have to wash our hands and feet which represents our service to god and our walk with god so your hands are for service your feet are for your walk and so you wash your hands you clean your your service and you clean your feet for your 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 walk with god and and um that part of our soul that needs to be these are these are the parts of our soul that need to be sanctified so this means that uh, our soul needs to be saved and renewed every day so the water and the lava points us to the holy spirit and um the polished brass mirror points us to the word of god as revealed through the bible so the lava had a mirror okay and so um, the Holy Spirit will use the Bible to wash us clean. You can see this in John 17 verse 17 or Ephesians 5:26. 26. Uh, so when we look into the Bible, it's like looking into a mirror. So the Bible is where we find God. So it's us seeing his character and who he is. Okay. So when we look into the Bible, we see a mirror. The Bible is God's holy looking glass that reveals our sin. So we find that's where we get convicted. Like, okay, what I did there was sin. But at the same time, the Bible is also a tub of hot water that the Holy Spirit uses. I love that he said hot water. That the Holy Spirit uses to cleanse us as we allow him to. Okay. So the Holy Spirit scrubs us down real good with the word of God wherever we're dirty. After the spiritual bath, we are we are a lot cleaner than we were beforehand. So the same word of God that reveals our sins also washes them away by the power of the Holy Spirit. This washing of our hands and feet by the Holy Spirit restores our fellowship with God so that we, like the old covenant priest, can go into his presence and minister on his behalf. Then there was the holy place. So, um, So we've come by blood and water already and now we've entered into the door of um, the tabernacle and jesus said in john 10 9 i am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture for the believer the holy place represents the place of service okay so the golden candlestick points us to the three personal expressions of God, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God is light, and in him is no darkness. So Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Yet not, yet on another occasion, Jesus speaking to all who would receive him said, you are the light of the world. So after him being the light, he also tells you that you're the um, light of the world yeah so jesus explained it when he spoke um over time he would send the holy spirit to to dwell in in us he said in that day you will know that i am in my father and you are in me and i in you so if he's in us and we are in him it explains how we are also the light of the world through jesus christ 
um so john saw jesus um standing in the midst of uh the candlestick wearing his high priestly clothing this is in the book of revelation as he intercedes for the churches okay so this is how uh the the, the candlestick represents uh the, the the three uh the the three uh personal expressions of god okay so um Striving to keep the Ten Commandments or a list of do's and don'ts only leads to failure and frustration and defeat, okay? This will never glorify our Lord. All that we need um, is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is His light and that is, uh, it is His light that is to shine before men, okay? So all we need is the Holy Spirit. These deeds that we try, yes, I'm not saying don't do good, please do good, but that's not what, um, that, that's not what brings glory to God. What, bling, what brings glory to God is the Holy Spirit in you. So, um, yeah, then there's the table of the shoe bread. So, um, the blood covenant meal at the table of the shoebread points to the time when man would have communion with God through the Holy Spirit. And in John uh, 6, Jesus presents himself as the bread of life. Okay? So, um, in John 6, 55, Jesus claims to be the real thing who has now come to be the spiritual reality of the old covenant through his blood sacrifice. Okay? And then there's the altar of essence. So um, the blood that uh, the blood sprinkled horns of the essence altar were proof that the sin offering had been made, and this blood uh, evidence allowed the high priest to enter into the holy of holies, which is the presence of God. So um, as he went behind the veil, the essence billowed up in front of the ark of the covenant and manifested, and the manifested presence of god in the in the glory cloud so the high priest could only go into uh the holy of holies once a year and um the veil hid god's presence so that no one else could approach him so this was because uh the sacrifice was incomplete okay the sacrifice was incomplete because it was uh the sacrifice of animals okay so and this sacrifice had to be um done yearly year after year like every year so the blood of boots and gods only covered the people's sins it did not take them away so the essence is a symbol of prayer it represents the high priestly prayers of jesus and our prayers offered in his name okay so jesus is worthy to petition to the father on our behalf because his own blood is on the essence altar Okay, so he he doesn't have to do it yearly now because it, the sacrifice is now complete and it's his blood that's on the altar. So now he can do it every day, every minute, every second. Okay, and so through his blood, God receives our prayers offered in the name of Jesus. And then there's the Holy of Holies. Okay, so this is where the veil hid the glory, which is um, which is the glory of God. Uh, and so um. When Jesus was crucified, his father in heaven split the veil from top to bottom. You can see this in Matthew 27 and verse 51, uh, verse 51 and Mark 15, 38. So it was no longer needed because uh, the once and for or perfect sacrifice was being made. 
so um the blood of jesus opens the way for all to go right into the heavenly throne room of god so um earlier we read about the samaritan woman who met jesus at jacob's well so samaritans were uh part jew and part gentile so they worshiped god at uh mount uh, gerizim which was in north of jerusalem so the jews including jesus worshiped god in jerusalem but jesus revealed some fact about the woman's past that he would not have known without divine knowledge this prompted the following conversation which is recorded in john um, 1924 the woman saith unto him sir i perceive that thou art a prophet our fathers worshiped in this in this mountain and ye say that in jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship jesus says unto her woman believe me the hour cometh when ye shall neither when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at jerusalem worship the father ye worship ye know not what we know what we worship for salvation is of the jews but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth again king james version <laughs> so jesus was saying the day was soon coming when a person wouldn't have to go somewhere to worship god uh because people then had where to go to worship him but now uh they will be able to worship god um out of our own spirit in communion with out of our own spirit in communion with the holy spirit so the holy spirit would take us right into the father's house which is the heavenly holy of holies and regardless of where we might be physically we can worship so in other words we wouldn't we wouldn't go to church we would be the church so the people of god uh by our receiving the holy spirit become the church like i've said the church is us the people i've been saying this in most of these episodes so we are the church and that's how come we can worship anywhere everywhere in your car in your house and we've seen this especially with the covid pandemic yeah and then then there's the ark of the covenant um which um uh Jesus as the perfect sacrifice ascended into the heavenly holy of holies to sprinkle his own blood over the ark of the covenant in God's heavenly throne room where he when when he offered it he sat down on a throne okay so he's in heaven right now interceding for all of us so the covenant is eternal the blood covenant is an eternal everlasting covenant all who enter into it will dwell with God forever and that is just how it should be so this is everything about um the tabernacle and then next week we will look at um the sacrifices okay so Jesus loves us guys God loves us and and he did all this for us he painted this picture for us in the old testament so that we do not miss him when he comes on the scene and then he came on the scene and he fulfilled everything okay according to his word so we are called to enter into this covenant of love with him and we see just how intentional he was about it because if this doesn't speak intention to you then i don't know what will okay i feel like he put in so much work in us knowing how much he loves us and that all we can do is reciprocate that love and accept his um covenant um uh, invitation so if you haven't received Christ as your personal lord and savior 
I urge you to do so because um, you are loved, deeply, deeply loved. And um, there's proof of that everywhere in the Bible. There's proof of that even in this book, uh, the, um, the Miracle of the Scarlet Thread by Dr. Richard Booker. So, yeah, guys, next week we will look at the sacrifices and how they also point to Jesus. Jesus was everything, honestly. He was everything, okay? And and already we've seen that he was our heavenly tabernacle. And now we will see him as um, the sacrifice, the perfect lamb. Uh, that will be in chapter five. So thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And um right now if i don't know where you're listening from but if you're listening from africa i know that you know that there's a lot of unrest on our continent at the moment and i would just like to put in a free prayer request with you guys i hope that you can help me with this please pray for zambia pray for congo pray for nigeria pray for africa as a whole because africa is bleeding okay there's a lot of violence going on right now and uh, there's child trafficking pray for namibia please the women in namibia uh, have taken to the streets to protest um there's a lot of unrest so just please pray for africa pray for um leadership good leadership please and 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 yeah so for for nigeria it's police brutality they're trying to end sars um the youth have taken the streets for zambia it's ending police brutality as well congo i mean congo has been a war zone for a long time but at the moment congo is bleeding there's a lot of child labor there's there's war there's so much going on you know there's child trafficking in other countries in africa for for namibia it's it's shut it all down that the women have taken to the streets for their right protesting for their rights and all that and i feel like all this is happening because um our leaders don't love us they lack love and, and you know that love is a primary requirement of every christian believer and it would be that one thing that would literally change the world and so i just want you to pray for god's divine intervention honestly like let him just intervene because people are losing their lives innocent people are dying so if there's a way that god can fix it please please intercede on their behalf and petition on their behalf so that um jesus can just fix this thank you so much for tuning in guys i love you so much have a great weekend ahead pray for me as i will be praying for you and yours Thank you and bye.